Well, we have a uh, special treat for you this Memorial Day weekend. We are going to be hearing today from our Spanish pastor, Marcial Munoz. We had been praying for several years. We've been wanting to start a Spanish ministry here at Orchard Church, a service that is all the music is in Spanish, the message is in Spanish, because we have a huge Hispanic population in our community, and we want to reach them for Christ. Amen, Orchard? But the only problem is I don't speak Spanish. And nobody else on our staff spoke Spanish, so we've been praying that God would send us someone that could lead that ministry, and God worked it out in an amazing way. And Marcial and Jana and their boys, their family, joined our ministry team back in January, and we have just fallen in love with it. I've, I've known Marcial actually for about 10 years, never dreamed we'd be able to work together in this community to reach people for Christ and the Spanish population, and, and we just love Marcial and Jana and their families so much. Marcial is, a, is an incredible guy. He's so fun to be around, and we We've been having Spanish preview services for the last few months, about one a month, and then starting next Saturday night at our ministry center at 6 o'clock, we're going to start having them every single Saturday night, so be sure to invite your friends. But you get to hear firsthand a message today from Pastor Marcial, and it will be in English. And, I, and so this is his first time, the first time he ever preached a message in English was our 8 o'clock service. This is his second time ever to preach in English, and he did an amazing job. He's going to be a huge blessing to you this morning. We had to go out and buy him an English Bible. So this Bible he's using, we bought him this week, his first English Bible. So you guys are going to love this. So give a big welcome to Marcial, our Spanish pastor. Buenos días, Orchard Church. Wow, come on, you can do it better. Buenos días, Orchard Church. There you go, yeah. So, I want to thank you guys. Uh, we have four months now here in Colorado, here in Denver, and we really feel like this is home. And this is, this is all for you, because we, we really can feel your love, and I know that you love my kids. Thank you for loving my kids. Thank you for loving my wife. Thank you for loving, I don't know if you love me, but anyway, <laughs> thank you. I know that you may, who is this guy? He's Jana's husband. Ah, Jana, yeah, she's good. She's good, so, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you know my family. I wanna share some pictures of my family with you guys. Look at that. Look at that. This, this is my wife, Jana. Is she beautiful? Yeah? So I know that you are thinking now, how in the world this guy can get a woman like this? <laughs> I'm just going to say something. God loves me. God loves me a lot. And she's not blind. She was not depressed, okay, when she said, yes, I do. So this, she, she's beautiful and I love her. Uh, she's amazing. So. My oldest kid, his name is Ashton, he's six years old, and he just graduated from kindergarten last week, so he's so smart. He, he doesn't speak very well English, like I do. <laughs> he doesn't speak very well English, but he finished uh, his kindergarten, uh, her his teacher doesn't speak any Spanish. So it was, very, it was a very big step for him. Uh, he's so smart, he always asks me like a thousand questions every day. And then we have this one. <laughs> His name is Braden. But if you see him, don't call him Braden, okay? Call him Ant Boy. 
ant boy. Yeah, he always tell me, I'm not praying, I'm ant boy daddy, okay? And he loves superheroes. And today is your lucky day, okay? Because we are selling this one. <laughs> this is for sale. So, if you want him, just take him. You, 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 you can pay me later. Really. Uh, this, this guy is, is a trouble. Yeah. He's just like his mom. Yeah. I love this. He looks like me, right? Poor guy. Okay. Every, every time that I speak on Sundays, I want to teach you one word in Spanish. Right? Is that okay with you? Yeah? Okay. It's actually two words, right? And this word is no manches. Okay? Say it with me. No manches. Okay, again. You don't want to say that word in Mexico because it's a very dirty word, okay? I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. So if you learn that word, you're gonna make it in Mexico because you can use that word whenever you want. If you are sad, you can just go and say, oh, no manches, I lost my job. But if you are happy, no manches, I get another job. If you are like very excited, no matches, she said yes. I say that when she said yes. <laughs> when you are angry, you can say no manches. I'm gonna punch his face. <laughs> so you can use that word whenever you want. If you learn that word, you're gonna make it in Mexico, okay? So uh, we are very excited too about next weekend. Next weekend, we will have our uh, Spanish speaking service. Uh, it's going to be Saturdays at 6 p.m. in our ministry center. So we know, if, do you know somebody who speaks Spanish? Yeah? So invite them. Invite everybody who speaks Spanish because we have a very high uh, Hispanic populations in this area. And we want to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? As a church, we need to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's do it. Amen? Okay, as a Christians, we always have a ton of questions, right? We always say something like, when I am in front of God, I want to ask him this and this and this and this and this, right? We always say that. Uh, I, we have a question like this one. What happened with Noah's Ark? Where is it, right? The kids always have that question. We have a question like this one. What was first, the chicken or the egg? Now, if you are a Christian and you have that question, you have to read your Bible, all right? So, next question. Did Adam have a belly button? <laughs> button, yeah, I, I said, right, yeah, button, yeah. I was practicing that word a lot. Button, not with an M at the end, with N. Okay, did Adam have a belly button? Uh, I really wanna know, I mean, when I go to the heaven, I'm going to ask God, and then if God doesn't know, I just go with Adam and, hey, buddy, show me. <laughs> show me if you have a, a very button. Now, we have this one. Was Peter angry with Jesus for healing his morning in law? <laughs> and that's why he denied him, maybe? We don't know. And then, 
I know that you have this question. When are the Colorado Rockies going to be winners again, right? You want to ask that to Gav. But I want to tell you something. I have a question for Gav. And that question comes from the deepest part of my heart. What is wrong with the DMB office? <laughs> I mean, it was a thousand times easier to get my green card than my driver license. <laughs> what was that? I mean, what is wrong with them? Somebody works in the DMB office. Okay, I'm gonna say this. The, the office in Aurora, they, they are very awesome, right, Jana? Cool. Okay. <laughs> but I think, as a Christian, the most important questions that I always have is this one. Why? Why? Why do I have to go through difficult times? Why I have to suffer like this if I am a God's child? Why is this happening to me? Why? Why, God? Why? So today, we're going to answer that question with the word of God. Amen? Amen? So let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Somebody told me that I should... I should speak like a, with an England accent because somebody told me, if you speak like that, you're going to sound sexy. <laughs> so I tried last night with my wife, Jana, and it didn't work. It didn't work. So I'm just going to try to speak normal. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 says something like this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in all of tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So before we can answer this question, why? Why do I have to go through difficult times? We need to understand something. Who God is. Who is God? So Paul, wants to share something that happened to him with this church. He, he wanted to, to share a tribulation that happened with him. You know, Paul, uh, Paul was in prison. Uh, Paul was stoned. So Paul really has really have a very cool testimony. So he wants to share that with this church. But before he, he, he shared this testimony, he starts this verse with this. Blessed be the God and Father of Lord Jesus Christ. In other versions, say something like this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is saying here, in the middle of my trouble, in the middle of my tribulation, I know who is God. He is the God of mercy. He is the Father of all comfort. I know who he is. And it's very easy to think that God is good when everything is going well, right? But actually, we need to remember who God is when we are in the middle of our tribulation, in the middle of troubles. 
Remember this. Uh, well, I, I want to share with you a verse, Psalm 46, 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. When you are in the middle of your trouble, when you are in the middle of your tribulations, you need to remember this. God is God. Be still and know that I am God. In other words, God is saying something like this. Keep calm and know that I am God. Breathe. I know that God is God. And who is God? God is good. And we need to remember this, and this in your notes. In the middle of my trouble and tribulations, I need to remember who God is. In the middle of my troubles and tribulations, I need to remember who God is. God is always good. God always is merciful. God always is faithful. That's why when Moses, when Moses asked God, when the children of Israel ask me, who are you, what should I tell them? God only says that. Tell them, I am who I am. That's everything they need to know. I am who I am. Remember this. We worship God not for what he does, but for who he is. And this is in your notes. We worship God not for what he does, but for who he is. So, I know God is good. God is faithful. God is powerful. But why? Why I have to go through difficult times? Why I have to suffer like this? Okay, let's answer this question. And I'm very sure that, that Paul is giving us two reasons here in this passage. And the first reason is this one. Because he wants me to experience his comfort. Because he wants me to experience his comfort. Let's go, let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. And it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comforts. I know who, he, who is God, who comforts us in all our tribulation. Who comforts us in all our tribulations. How can I experience the comfort of God if I never go through difficult times? How can I experience His comfort? I mean, when, when, when I have needs, I will experience His provision, right? When, when, I have, when I feel alone, I will experience his love. When I fail, I will experience his forgiveness. When I was dead, he gave me life. Amen? When I was dead, he gave me eternal life. So how can I experience his comfort if I never go through difficult times? I need difficult times. Sometimes I need to uh, go through, through difficult times. Uh, in, in this letter, Paul wants to share with the Corinthians some troubles, some tribulations that happened to him. And let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. It says, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we, what? Okay, again, so that we, 
despair. Remember that word. We despair even of life. Yes, we have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. So, this word, despair. This word despair comes from the Greek, exaphoreo. What is it? The word? There it is. Despair comes from the Greek exaphoreo. That means to renounce all hope. Be in despair. There's no way out. In that moment, in moments like this, is when you need to feel the comfort of God. To be, when you are in despair, there's no hope. There's no way out. I don't know if you have experienced moments like this. But I want to share with you a story, a true story that happened to, to me and my wife. It was almost two years ago. We went on a mission trip to Guatemala. And it was Adolfo, you know Adolfo, right? It was Adolfo, Joel, my wife, and me. And we were driving. We crossed the border by noon-ish. And then we drive like four or five hours. And we were in a, in a town called Squinkler, and it was dark. And we were driving, and suddenly some guys stopped in front of us shooting their guns. And the first thing that I thought was, no manches. <laughs> no manches. I was so scared. They were shooting their guns. So they came in to our car. And they had their guns, and we were praying. We started to pray. We were praying very loud, and some of them told us, shut up, shut up, don't, don't say anything. We know that you came from Mexico, that you have drugs, and you have money. And I swear, I didn't have drugs, really, <laughs> I swear. And, and, and they told us, it's going to be very easy. Just give us the drugs, give us the money, you can go. But if you don't give us the drugs and the money, we will kill you. We, need, we, we, we told him, we don't have drugs, we don't have money. I don't know what are you guys talking about. We are pastors, we came from Mexico, we came for a mission trip here in Matehuala, so in Guatemala, so we don't have anything like that. So they they took us out of the car, they threw us in, in the floor, they tied us. <clears throat> in in that moment, I didn't know where was my wife. I just knew that something bad was happening to her. There was no hope. There was no way out. We were in despair. The only thing that we had was 
or God or faith. And we cling to that. And we kept praying, 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 praying. So when we were praying, the guys started to ask us questions like, are you okay down there? Are the bugs biting you guys? And I was like, what? You wanted to kill me, and now are you asking me if I'm okay? So one of them took my head and lifted it up like this. And he had a pillow in his hands and a, and a gun. And I just thought, he's going to shoot me. He's going to kill me right now. But no, he just put it, the pillow under my head. And he asked me, are you comfortable? In that moment, I knew that God was there. Literally, I could feel his comfort in my head. And I was saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, because I know it. I, I, I'm not going to die today. And I knew that God was there. telling me, I will give you my comfort. I will give you my mercy. I will give you my grace. You don't gonna die today. And then one of them bring my wife with me. And she was there with me. And I just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. After that, one guy told us, okay, I think we make a mistake with you guys. You are not the guys that we are looking for. But anyway, they took everything that we have. They took our money, they took our computers, they took our credit cards, they asked us for the needs of our credit cards, and they, tell, uh, and they told us, okay, we are leaving, you're gonna stay here, and you have to stay here three hours. You can't move, okay? You're gonna stay here three hours. If you move from here, before three hours, we're going to find you and we're going to kill you. And don't tell anything to the police because we know the police. And if you told them something about this, we're going to find you and we're going to kill you. So wait three hours here. After three hours, you can take your keys, you can take your car, and you can go to your mission trip. And we were there. They took everything we had. But the only thing that they could not take from us was the comfort of God, was his grace, was his, his mercy. And you know what? We were praying three hours, praying, singing, telling God, thank you, thank you, God. Thank you for your comfort. Thank you for, for, for your, your care. So, uh, when you experience the comfort of God like this, you are not the same again. You are not the same. Today, I don't ask God, God, why? Why we had to experience that? You know what, today, I can, I, can, I can say, God, thank you. Thank you for that day. Thank you because that day, 
I could see your face. Thank you because that day I could felt your comfort. I could felt your love, your grace, and your mercy. Do you remember Job from the Bible? He was suffering a lot, right? He was suffering a lot. And if you have read, if you can read the, the book of Job, you're gonna see him uh, asking all the time, God, why, why, why? What is this happening to me, why? But at the end of his tribulation, he could say something like this. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. You don't gonna be the same. After your tribulation, when you experience the comfort of God, you, you don't gonna be the same. Why? Because there's a difference between I know that God is love and I have experienced the love of God. There is a big difference between I know that God is merciful and I have experienced the mercy of God. There is a big difference between I have heard of God and I have experienced God. There is a big difference. And there's no way to experience the comfort of God if we never have trouble. We never have a bad experience. So, the first reason, why? Why do I need to go through difficult times? Because God wants me to experience his comfort. And the second one is this. Because God wants me to comfort others. Why do I have to go through difficult times? Because God wants me to comfort others. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. When you experience the comfort of God, you want others to feel that way. There's no way to comfort others if I never have hard times. When I have trouble and God comforts me, now I can understand people's problems and I can share the comfort of God. Have you experienced the comfort of God? You can share the comfort of God. Have you experienced the grace of God? Now you can share the grace of God with others. There's no, there's no way to, to, to share the comfort of God if I never have experienced the comfort of God. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, says something like this. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, and then freely you have received, freely give. God gave you grace, and you share grace. God gave you mercy, now you have to share mercy with others. I want to share with you a little bit of my testimony. I was born in a Christian home 22 years ago. Uh, just kidding. It was 33 years ago. Okay? I was born in a Christian home. My mom always took us to the church every Sunday. 
but I always was a little bit of a rebel. I always wanted to to do the things different. I always wanted to to experience new things. So when I was nine years old, I had my first cigarette. The first one in the first uh, service, I said cigar, but now I know that cigar is the big one, right? No, cigarette. I, I experienced my first cigarette when I was nine years old, and from then, from then, I just was waiting for the for the time that I could experience drugs. So I had my first experience with drugs when I had when I was uh, 13 years old, and then my parents. Ah, guess where? Guess where I have my first experience with drugs? Church. Church with my friends from church. Uh, and I was only 13 years old. And, I, and that's why I always have a very uh, uh, a passion to preach the, the teenagers. And if you have a, a teenagers, please send them to, to the uh, youth meetings. Every Tuesday at 6 p.m. I, I will be there and we have a very good time there. So I was uh, 13 years old when I had my first experience with drugs. My parents sent me to a rehab center. I was there seven months, but it was like a drug school because everybody was older than me. So I, 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 just, I, I just smoked marijuana and everybody have tried another drugs and everything like that. So it was like a school drugs for me. So uh, I was there seven months. And then I went out, and I think I was okay like, like one year. One year I was okay, but then I went back to the drugs. And it was worse, because now I was using cocaine. And my parents were very frustrated with me, and they, they sent me out uh, with my grandparents, 12 hours away from my parents. So imagine this. I was living with, with my grandparents. Without my parents, it was worse. And I started to inject cocaine into my veins every day. I remember that I woke up every day and I just was thinking, how can I, how can I get money to buy my next doses? But one day, I was dying in my bathroom. I was injecting cocaine to my veins, and I was dying for an overdose. My little brother was outside of the bathroom, knocking at the door, begging me, hey, brother, thank you. Hey, 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 please, stop doing that. Stop doing that. Please, stop doing that. And I was there in the floor, dying. And I remember that I just prayed to God. And I asked him, God, I know that I, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to ask you for another chance. But if you want, only if you want, Lord, give me another chance. Only if you want. And you know what? God gave me another chance. And here I am, walking in my second chance. 
You know what? That is grace. Because I didn't deserve a second chance. I deserve death. But God gave me a second chance. And really, I, I don't like to remember those days. I, I, sometimes I ask God, God, why? Why, I, I, why I, I have to go through difficult times? Why I have to, to go for that? I was just a 13 years old kid. And I did a lot of things that I don't like to remember. You know what? Now, I can share my testimony with people that are struggling with the same things. Now, I can tell them, you know what? There is a way out. There is a way, and the, and, and the name of that way is Jesus Christ. And, and he wants to give you eternal life. He wants to give you a life. You need Jesus Christ. And I can tell them, I can tell that people, you know what? God is still doing, doing miracles today. He gave me eternal life. He changed my life. I'm a new person. Now, the only thing that I want is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only thing that I want is to preach his word. Because this is not a fairy tale book. This is a real book. This is a, a, a book that is alive. And this book changed my mind. This book changed my life. And the only thing that I want to do now is to share these words with people who think that there's no way out. Amen? Now, I think we, we answered this question very well. Why? Why do I have to go through difficult times? Why do I have, uh, why do I have to, to experience moments like this? Because God, first of all, God wants me to experience his comfort. And then the second reason, because God wants me to comfort others. But I want to share, I, I want to share one more verse with you. It's Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. And it says something like this. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed with him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. They had a problem. They had a, a real problem. They were blind. And they were crying, crying out to the Lord, Jesus, please help me. And, and, and maybe this morning you are like this. God, please help me. Why do I have to go through difficult times? Please help me. And then, and, and when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe? Do you believe that I am able to do this? So maybe, maybe the question is not why. And this is in your notes. Maybe the question is not why. Maybe the question is, do you believe? Do you believe that in the middle of your problem, 
God is still good, merciful, and powerful? Do you believe that God is using this situation so you can experience his comfort and you can see him face to face? Do you believe that God is using this situation in your life so you can help others in the future? Do you believe? I do. I believe. I believe. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you that now we know that you use our trials and difficult times to experience your grace and comfort. Thank you that we can use our trials to help others. This morning, if you are going through difficult times, the only thing that God wants is for you to experience his comfort and love. So if you are going through these hard times today, I would like to pray for you. Just raise your hand. I would like to pray for you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. God, I want to pray for these people who are going through difficult times. That you would give them love, grace, and comfort. And that through this situation, they will be able to know you much more. Now, if you are here for the first time, and this is the first time you have heard the word of God, or God is, has simply spoken to your heart, I would like to invite you to make a decision for Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we have all sinned and are all separated from God. Without Jesus Christ, we are all dead in our own sins. And we have to pay for those sins. But God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us and pay for our sins. He rose again on the third day and he wants to reign in your life today and give you eternal life. If you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ today, you can pray with your own words something like this. Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I know that my sin separates me from you. I believe with all my heart that you came to this earth, died for my sins, and rose again on the third day. And on this morning, I want you to come to my life and give me eternal life. I accept you as my one and only Lord and Savior. With eye closed and heads bowed, I would like to know if someone prayed this prayer for the very first time. I'd like to pray for you. If you would just let me know by raising your hand. Yes, raise your hand. Okay, I see you there. See you. See your hand. See your hand. See your hand. Thank you. God, thank you for these people who have just made a decision for your son, Jesus Christ. Help them to grow spiritually and help us as a church to guide them through this new path. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your attention. Thank you. Oh, wow. Didn't he do an amazing job? Wow. First, only a second time uh, to preach in English. First service and the second service. And, and now, just imagine, if Marcial is that good in English as a second language, imagine how good he is in Spanish. Right? 
And so we all probably know someone in our sphere of influence, in our family, in our community that speaks Spanish and would love to go to a Spanish-speaking service where the music and the message and everything is in Spanish. So take advantage of this opportunity. Help us get this new ministry started and launched. We've had 40 or 50 that have showed up through our previous services, but we know that number is going to grow. So again, this coming Saturday night will be the first Saturday night. They'll start meeting regularly every Saturday at our ministry center. Go to our Got Questions table. There's some flyers in Spanish out there that you can give uh, to your friends to invite them to come. And let's just see God do amazing things to our Spanish ministry. Amen. And thank Marcial again. He did a, did a great job. Yeah. Awesome. I had a couple of the, the Spanish speaking people of our church who've been going to a service said, now, Pastor Doug, since Marcial brought a message in English, you now need to come to the Spanish service and do a message in Spanish. And you know what I said? No manches. No way. It would be a disaster. Well, hey, thanks for being here on this Memorial Day weekend. Before we close in a song of worship and worship through our giving in response to the message, if you are a first-time guest, thanks for being our guest. Hopefully you filled out your connection card. You can drop that in the offering bucket when it goes by. We'll receive our gifts. We're not interested in your money today, guests, but we're definitely interested in you. We're going to send you a thank you note and a gift in the mail. If you made a decision for Christ, you raised your hand, said you accepted Christ, please let us know about that on your connection card as well. Drop it in the offering bucket when it goes by. Let's stand as we close in a song of worship. Worship through our giving. God bless you. Have a wonderful and safe Memorial Day weekend and thank our veterans once again. God bless you guys.